Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to Democracy Ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And Danielle, we live in a world where people go to the Capitol and smear feces on the wall i assume it's their own i really don't want to know if it is or is not but as you may or may not know it doesn't come right off your hand (laughs) and they probably were not rolling with hand sanitizer so they wiped it somewhere put it on the wall And it was still at least in trace amounts that are smelly. Because if you ever change a baby's diaper, it doesn't go right away. And baby poop smells nice. When they start eating real food, then it smells like crapola. And you want want to get right to toilet training so I can stop changing your diaper. But it doesn't come right off. You have to wash it off. And so you went through this one six seditious, treasonous insanity with shit on your hand that you put on the wall. I mean, what kind of, I mean, putting aside the intellectual delusion of worshiping Donald Trump and believing in the big lie and going to the Capitol full of entitlement and victimhood to attack American government, putting that aside, Hmm. you're the sort of person who smears shit on the wall in protest what is wrong with you i mean so here's the thing i I usually don't like to use dehumanizing language because of the way that it's consistently used against black people right but i will say that these thugs these folks are fucking animals yeah right like they make monkeys and apes in zoos 
look civilized, right? Because they know sign language and they know where the bathroom is. Well, but they'll, they'll throw some poop. When they're angry. And so I guess maybe, you know, this does then show that we have evolved from apes because <laughs> these white people then in their anger at the lie, which Donald Trump spread and they bought into because they're fucking stupid, um, smeared shit on the walls of our Capitol building. And what pisses me off, though, Torre, is that these same motherfuckers are the people that tell us as black people that we are animals, that tell us that we have no couth, that we have, you know, no character, no morals, no values. And this is who they are. And I, and I'm like, you know, as I was watching the hearing, I'm thinking to myself, listening to the former pol- Capitol Police Chief Officer's son say, you know, we just didn't expect this. We we didn't see it happening. We 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 didn't know it was going to get violent. And I'm like, you can't fucking plan for shit you refuse to look at, right? White people are violent. They have a history of violence in this country, and also said so out loud on major social media platforms that you just chose to like kind of look well, the other way. I, I mean, absolutely. Sund talked about, and this jumped out at me because we're we're. We're, st- we're just you and I are just sort of gobsmacked at some of the things that we learned in this hearing about one six. Senator told Sund told senators the Capitol's the Capitol Police's intelligence unit received re- a, an FBI report the evening before the mm-hmm. insurrection, warning that extremist groups preparing for war were coming. Sun mm-hmm. said that report never made it up the chain to him. But clearly there were people who were aware. Now, how does that not make it up the chain? Like, how do, how do, how, how do you justify at any level of the chain, you got extremist groups are preparing for war on the Capitol and you mm-hmm. don't say to whoever is your superior, um... Hey, this this looks like something that I should be reporting to you, sir, and should go as high up as possible. But we have a Pentagon that didn't want to deploy the National Guard for fear. They didn't the, like the optics of the optics because they had done that with when it was Black Lives Matter, so they were afraid to do it now and it's weird the fear of being too harsh toward these white people i keep hearing i heard one of the Mm -hmm. one of the cops Mm -hmm. say you know they had guns so i didn't want to escalate the situation so (laughs) i didn't pull out my gun what the fuck are you talking about you didn't want to escalate the when the fuck you ever hear a cop say i didn't want to escalate the situation I didn't even know that they knew how to de-escalate. Exactly. Funny enough. Exactly. And so I, 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 I think that it is the hearing was preposterous um, because the consistent refrain was we didn't know. And I'm thinking to myself, you're a Capitol Police officer, which means that you live in the DMV area, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia corridor. You live in that area. These people had started coming into town days before 1-6. They were holding 
uh, quote unquote rallies at Freedom Plaza off of 16 uh, uh, off of uh, yeah. off of Pennsylvania Avenue. They were holding events all around D.C. So just by looking, you could see that the numbers Look, were growing. Police know, hey, the number of flights, the number of people on trains, the number of people in hotels has leapt up, spiked up massively. And mm-hmm. we know from folks on the ground, they're extremely Trumpy. Did they think that they were going to attack the Capitol? Well, they kept saying they were going to. I mean, like, but- look, they had T-shirts made and you had no idea what was coming. They had T-shirts made, but also on the social media platforms that we all use, they were saying prepare for war. So when a former Capitol Police chief's son then says, oh, you know, there was toxic chemicals and pipe bombs as if they were prepared for war. And I'm saying, motherfucker, it wasn't as if they were prepared for war. They actually were. And they told you. See, this goes back to something that you tweeted about earlier today. That even though they said prepare for war. The expectation that whiteness has toward whiteness is that they won't act like animals. So they assumed this will not happen because they're white. They're going to be cool. Now, if it was black people saying something, even a fraction of that, they would assume animalistic, violent, warlike. We must crush this in its infancy. But white people were able to overwhelm the police and be, partly because the police were some police were like, we don't want to start the shit with them. This show is part of. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now, wherever you get your podcasts.
the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now, until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting, and they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. So let's let's compare and contrast this to what took place in Louisville, Kentucky, when the decision was coming down about the Breonna Taylor case, right? Mm. There were no, um, as far as I know, there were no reported chat room discussions from Black organizers and groups about what they were prepared to do in the event that the decision in the Breonna Taylor case came down in a way that they did not like, right? But to preempt that, what did the police and the administration do in Louisville, Kentucky? They shut the entire fucking city down ahead of the grand jury's decision. So again, again, we're supposed to be led to believe that these motherfuckers had been organizing, let's just say, Torre, since December 19th, when Donald Trump tweeted that shit was going to be wild on January 6th, that they had weeks of a heads up from the president of the United States at that time saying that shit was going to be wild. And no one thought, let me board up some shit or at least create a perimeter around the Capitol building that if you want to hold your little KKK rally, mm. you need to do it miles away mm. because we are securing the area. So I'm confused, right? Like how, how this doesn't happen. And then listening to everybody say, talk about, oh, the chain of command broke down. And I'm how, how did that happen? Like how, how does, how does the chain of command break down? And also as you see smoke coming up from the Capitol building, how do the folks at the Pentagon say, you know, we don't really want to send anybody in fatigue. So it was on TV. you're on your own. It was on TV. It was on TV. How, how did we not have an influx of people uniformed, ununiformed? I mean, like, look, I've interviewed a lot of police officers. If one police officer feels in danger, he pushes a button on the radio and mm. everybody who can hear him, everybody within range is supposed to drop everything they're doing and mm -hmm. run to his aid. Not just NYPD, but transit, traffic, everybody. Every, they're a gang. Right. And they're supposed right. to function like a gang. And no matter what, we will have overwhelming numbers. We will crush you because there will be more of us than you in any situation. 
and we don't know how to de-escalate. We, which is part of their reputation that they want. The police don't know how to stop. They're wild. They're going to overwhelm you. They're going to pull out their guns. They're cowboys. They're, they want that reputation because it works in their favor. As soon as the cops show up, everyone gets scared. Most people, who I know, don't think to fight the cops because you know you're going to lose. Who fights the um, cops and wins? White people. Well, they, um, no, they white people in Michigan, mm. uh, white people at the at, at the Capitol, white people in in Florida. I, I mean, um, when they... because 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 to you, the point that you always make, it's because they believe that that is their security force. Right. You know, like we have to really unpack the 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 emotional state of white people and their relation to police officers and security, mm. where, of course, they continue to fight back, spit in their face, call them pigs, blah, blah, blah. But then Karen always on the line with the hot speed dial, black man gardening, but, come get him. No, but you know, that's, that's the you work for me mentality right. that when right. I need you, I'm going to send you on my errand. When you are misbehaving, I'm going to slap you and spank you and tell you you are wrong. Right. You are subordinate to me. I pay your salary. You work for me. And yet still, when they the perhaps the largest test of American law enforcement in recent memory, if ever, hmm. they completely failed the day before in terms of f fielding the information, taking it seriously, funneling hmm. it upwards so that it would be taken seriously, creating barriers and uh, uh reinforcements i mean like every rally that i went to black lives Ra black lives matter rally that i went to last year if there was 10 of us there would be 10 cops if there was 100 of us there would be 20 cops and they might just be hanging out but i'm like this is a peaceful rally you guys don't need to be here but they were like if you guys are going to march we're going to be there infiltrating in plain clothes, in uniform, whatever, you had like 30,000 people amass on the Capitol for a rally. I'm sure they were not uh, uh, licensed and all that. And nothing in you said, we need to have a bunch of people just in case they should, I don't know, go start walking off in some direction we don't want. Um, yeah, it 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 doesn't. Like the whole of it makes no sense, right? Like the the lost in communication chain of command, the the idea that nobody was taking it. White people tell you, we want to murder Mike Pence. We want to kill Nancy Pelosi. AOC should be dead. And the reaction, at least from what the hearing displayed, is that, oh, but they don't really mean it. Right. They don't really mean it. They're not going to really do anything because they're white. I, and what pisses me off about the hearing is that. No one asked a follow up question as to why didn't you anticipate violence? Mm. Because here's the thing. You had one member and I forget I, I forget who it was. It was one Democratic senator is saying, you know, when the Black Lives Matter protests happened over the summer, 400 people were arrested that day. 
400 people were arrested that day. Right. No one was arrested on 1-6. That's crazy. How did that happen? That's insane. Right? Like, and, and he, how did that happen? Sund is, uh, uh, oh, we used the same protocol for the. No, you did. Do you think we're fucking stupid? No, you did. Use the same protocol how? Because if you did, then there would have been rows of guards. They would have had those little zip ties that, you know, the rioters had because mm-hmm. they were going to take prisoners. The rioters were more prepared, more prepared. to take prisoners than the cops were mm. to take prisoners. And that's their fucking job. These people came with zip ties. They came with climbing gear. They had explosive devices to distract the cops, not just to actually cause damage. I mean, it's, you know, they they had bear spray. I mean, like, it is just plain good luck that this was not far worse than it was. Mm-hmm. That, that someone was not assassinated, that there was not some sort of long-term damage done to the building, or even to democracy. Um, because, you know, these people, their mission did not work. And I know folks are saying, well, you know, they're not really being punished, so it's a dress rehearsal. And that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true, that, that nothing is saying to them institutionally Oh my God, that really did not work out for us. We cannot do that again. Um, Because there's people who are doing 20 years for that shit. Like, we better watch out. There's nothing like that that's happened yet. (sighs) No, you had some of the insurrectionists who are members of the Senate asking questions. You had Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz having the fucking audacity to even be at the fucking hearing. When they were showing fist bumps of solidarity and tweeting their support of insurrectionists. So how is it that the bank robber robs the bank and then is the judge that gets to let yourself off from committing the crime? We live in a banana republic. Ted Cruz was tweeting, I mean, texting with somebody, probably asking, how's it going? Probably his travel agent. I mean, you know. How's it going in Cancun? What's happening down there? What's really good? Let's Weather just note great. that Ted Cruz went to Cancun for a long weekend and had to be uh-huh. shamed into showing up for his state while AOC and a couple of other Democratic congresspeople who are from other areas showed mm-hmm. up to raise money, hand out water, be there for the people of Texas. These parties are not the same. No. This, we don't have a Washington is fucked, nobody gives a shit about the people issue. We have an asymmetrical problem. The Republican Party is a cancer on mm-hmm. America. And it's only—it's it, not that we actually needed Ted Cruz to be in Texas. It's just symbolic of how little the GOP actually cares about people. Now, if there had been a major Texan corporation that mm. was in trouble. Ted Cruz would have snapped into action and taken care of them. Uh, but people freezing, struggling, I'm out of here. Over, over 30, close to 40 Texans have died. 
in this storm, in this disaster. And it's not even this. And let's be clear. It's not the snowstorm that killed them. It's the deregulation of the electric companies by Republicans over the past Mm. 15, 20 years of being in power that killed them. And now if they didn't die from freezing to death, right, or their roofs collapsing or or shit breaking down in that way. Now they're paying seventeen thousand dollars for fucking their utility bill. Wow. We're hearing stories of people being completely and totally wiped out because how how do we all pay our bills? You have your bank card linked up to your accounts. Well, because these companies are allowed to just have no ceiling whatsoever in terms of what they charge. So when the prices surge, there's no one to block them because Republicans deregulated that shit. So now people are having their checking and their savings accounts wiped out to the point that they can't even pay their mortgage. But they're paying the power company that didn't provide power and is accomplices in killing close to 40 people. Make It Plain covers politics and social justice. From organizers to legislators, it's the conversation you need to get woke. Looking for a new podcast? We recommend you check out Three Righteous Mamas, where three all-American moms who are Latina, Muslim, and queer talk about the issues of the day with some of the biggest changemakers and thought leaders in our world. These three mamas are on a mission to transform our country and celebrate the power and hope of pissed off mamas who are building a better future for all our children. There's no podcast like it. So check it out on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. They used chemical weapons. What are we in Syria? The terrorists <laughs> on one six used chemical weapons. Mm-hmm. One of the, Capitol Police officers. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities. Healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country. Immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun. And candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Has a burn on her face. Uh-huh. It still hasn't, hasn't healed, healed because mm-hmm. they used chemical weapons right on the police right and then also beat them with blue lives matter flags so the irony uh, I, um i mean like look and i just saw this 
this just came in. As we see the the cops in DC being completely ineffectual and the meanwhile the Rochester New York officers who put a he- hood over the head of Daniel Prude last year and held him down on the pavement until he lost consciousness and had to be resuscitated and died in a hospital and his death was ruled a homicide, those officers won't face charges in his death. With our tax dollars, we employ terrorism. We call them police officers, but they are terrorists. With our tax dollars, we employ members of Congress who are terrorists and are okay with terrorism. And now they don't even pretend. They don't even have to pretend to care. Right? I, I, I saw Ted Cruz and I think of Melanoma's jacket that said, I don't care, do you? She said Melanoma's jacket. I did, because she's a fucking cancer. I look at these people and I think to myself, America needs to wake the fuck up. When you, it's interesting that you rightly called them terrorists. And I definitely feel a terrorist vibe, energy, structure, system in their relationship to black people. Because um, stop and frisk is absolutely terrorism. The over-policing of the hood is absolutely terrorism. And, you know, as I was trying to break it down for some foolish people on Twitter this weekend, the hood is over-policed. The black communities are over-policed and the suburbs are under-policed, which leads to crime statistics that justify the over-policing of the hood and the under-policing of the suburbs, which increases both of those strategies ad infinitum. And of course, most white people think the answer is that poor black people are animals who are inherently criminal, even though the cops themselves know that 99% of the violent crime is committed by less than 5% of the people. So most of the people who live in these over-policed neighborhoods are not part of it. And the cops know that, but they are there to terrorize and traumatize all of the people. And it's interesting to talk about this on this week because we found out with even more detail and clarity what the NYPD did five decades ago Mm. in the Mm. setting up, the systematic setting up and assassination of Malcolm X, an officer who is a serial infiltrator. He recently died. Was On his it? deathbed. He, he, he let it be known. He wrote a letter that let it be known that he was part of the group that got rid, that, had, of, that created a phony arrest for Malcolm's number one bodyguard team, thus leaving him vulnerable. So that he and other NYPD people mm-hmm. could be there at the Audubon Ballroom 
to affect and see and witness the assassination, the execution of Malcolm X. So Mm -hmm. we have the NYPD setting up and murdering Mm -hmm. people who are trying to help us and make our lives better. And if you read Manning Marable's biography of Malcolm X, which is extraordinary, um, one of the things he talks about is the NY, the white NYPD officer who was assigned to listen to wiretaps of Malcolm and, and secret recordings of him in, in private spaces and dig up dirt on him. And not only was this person unable to find Malcolm doing or talking about things that were criminal or could even be used to hurt him, to blackmail him. They, they didn't find any of that. But he also said, wow, you know, listening to this guy really closely, he actually makes a lot of sense. We should actually be trying to help him because he makes sense. Now, of course, his superior said, no, get the fuck back on the job. But can you imagine being a white police officer in 1963 and you're assigned to, to surveil Malcolm X? And you come away being like, he's actually really smart and makes a lot of good points. But the NYPD murdered Malcolm X. And mm-hmm. that has had a reverberating impact on everything that has happened since then. You know, what is so unfortunate, I think, most is just the consistent injustice that the black community has faced at the hands of law enforcement, at the hands of people who we pay. And none of this is shocking, right? Like, we have known that the FBI, the police have always set up to destroy black people, right? The black community flood our communities with drugs and then over police and then lock people up and zero tolerance, this, that, and the other thing, all to bring back slavery and but, but by a different name and a different means, right? Because you say that they're criminals. So you get them to do your labor for, you know, two cents a day, right? Um, I, I, we have so many reasons to burn this country to the ground, mm. justifiably so. And yet it's white people smearing shit in the Capitol building. Literally. And yet it's white people spitting in the face of police. We've been beaten, jailed, murdered since we were brought here. And yet we're the ones that are seen as the enemies. We're the ones that are seen as violent. And yet, I can think of maybe a handful of times in the history of these United States when black people have actually been the cause of violence. And really, it's mostly a reaction to white mistreatment and injustice. So I, you know, today, like this, this hearing and and listening to these officers, we didn't know, we couldn't have known, we didn't see, you don't. You don't see because you refuse to look because looking mm. would force you to look in the mirror because white America taking stock of what has transpired would be a type of internal investigation that we can't even get 
police departments to do on people in broad daylight that put a fucking knee on a neck and kill someone, right? There is so much like work that needs to be done, but you don't do work that you don't feel like you have to. So every time that I think about, oh, well, we got to work within the system, I'm like, fucking burn it down, right? 50 years later, we want, 50 years later, it's confirmed that the NYPD, along with the FBI, murdered Malcolm X. Like, we didn't fucking know that. I mean, look, this is part of what we talk about when we talk about defunding the police. That we're talking about burning down figuratively and nonviolently and legislatively, but we're burning down the force that causes the most negative behavior, the most negative outcomes. When do the police show up and make situations better? Hardly ever. They don't stop violent crime. They are well aware. And most people who are serious police observers are well aware. The police are, are unable to be a force that is there to stop violent crime. They're great at showing up after it's happened and mopping up and trying to go find the perpetrators, their clearance rate is not 100%. It would never be, but they try, but they're not here to stop. You know, this notion of like, well, if we get rid of the police, uh, then will the streets will be filled with violent crime. When was the last time the cops stopped violent crime from happening? They don't do that. They're not really, equipped and able to do that but what we want when we talk about defund the police is to peacefully and legislatively and figuratively burn down this institution that has a massive negative effect on the black community and on society in general and thus rebuild with something more intelligent that will function properly for the 22nd century rather than people with guns and bad guns and badges and handcuffs who run out to shoot and arrest as much as possible because the police are incentivized to make arrests they're not incentivized to create public safety they're incentivized no. to make arrests and they are not punished Looking at you, Buffalo, Rochester, Colorado, Elijah McLean, they are not punished when they do horrific things. So, of course, they think we can get away with it. I mean, but they do get away with it. They get away with it over and over again. It's the reason why we're not talking about, you know, oh, this officer killed this person. It's on video. And now they're serving 25 to life. It's a reason why we have more hashtags than we can even recall the names of all of the people that have been murdered since Trayvon Martin. If you think that if George Zimmerman hadn't have been thrown in jail under the jail, that we would have continued to see these sprees, you think from the first time that we saw officers murder in cold blood, innocent black people, that they weren't tried to the highest extent of the law, that we would continue to see this pattern? No, we wouldn't. But the thing is, is that when you're never held accountable, then why would you stop operating the way that you are? Right? It's the same thing with Donald Trump. You never hold him accountable for any fucking thing. 
So why would he con- why wouldn't he continue on his crime spree? Why wouldn't you believe that you are above the law? Because there is no accountability and no responsibility that these people ever face. So I, I you know, I it was illuminating to watch the hearing and to learn more about the weapon, the weaponry and and the the chemical weapons and all of these things that were used. But at the same time, I'm like, it doesn't matter how much more horrific they make one six. It's not as if anybody is going to be held accountable for it. Right. So what so the more more information in this particular instance is not power. Because I feel more powerless having listening to that hearing, knowing that the Hollies and the Cruises of the world enabled this to happen. And they're still sitting in the fucking Senate collecting checks. This country is exhausting. It really is. I hate it It, here. It is is exhausting. I hate it here. (laughs) Earth is ghetto, and I would like to leave. I hate it here. And, you know, it's... um... It's not, it wasn't a 2020 problem. It was an America problem. And we're still in America. So it doesn't matter that the calendar has changed. Nope. Thank you for listening (laughs) to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. I'm Danielle Moody. Next time I'm reporting from Mars, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to. You know, we seem to be able to do make oxygen, but we can't make cops stop killing black people. We can do all of this wild shit. We can put a man on the moon, but we can't make cops stop killing black people. Can't can't seem to do it. Can't seem to do it. (laughs) Hang on, people. Hang, hang on. (laughs) 